Welcome back everybody, this is Eric and Chad here, and yes, we're at Moss Pond and Gun again today. We've got another Gun Gripe episode coming out here for you. Uh, we haven't had a chance to film at Moss as often as we'd like to. Uh, we're trying to change that. We try to cut as many of these episodes here as we possibly can, because Moss is the birthplace of, uh, of Gun Gripes. And today, uh, we had a Gun Gripe episode that was submitted by uh, a viewer. He actually wanted us to elaborate on this a little bit, and his Gun Gripe that he wanted us to talk about is anti-gun neighbors how to deal with anti-gun neighbors and that can be a tough thing well you know you shoot more okay well <laughs> there's a little bit more to it than that but uh, i suppose his whole gripe and the point that he was trying to make in the email i won't share the email with you in its entirety but one of the things that he was mentioning is that you know he lives in an area where legally it's okay for him to shoot in his yard and everything like that and he's you know within his rights to shoot in his yard and everything and every time he goes outside to shoot his anti-gun neighbors that live on either side of him get the cops involved and they complain about noise and everything like that so the question is how do you deal with someone like that do you do you go out back and do you shoot a cannon every day at five o'clock in the morning i mean that could be a possible solution or do you try to work with them and talk to them and make them understand that what you're doing is completely legal i mean there's been instances where you know, we've had the cops called on us mm -hmm. on numerous times in numerous different locations. Mm -hmm. And we're one of those groups of people <laughs> where people will go, yeah, you can come over and shoot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and we come over and start blowing things up and making rackets. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're not welcome anymore. So th there is kind of a fine line there that has to be upheld, I suppose. Yeah, there is. Well, let's lay out kind of some of the groundwork. So basically, the, the, the common thing is if you live inside the city limits, Typically, firing a gun inside the city limits is no good, okay? If you live outside the city limits and you're 50 yards away from like a public road, uh, you have a safe backstop, and you're complying with noise ordinance, then legally you can shoot in your yard all you like. Yeah. Um, that That's kind of the, the, the ground rules as far as that's concerned. But like Eric said, we have had the cops called on us on several occasions at different locations. Like one of the most recent times that I can remember was uh, the guys in my Sunday school class like organized this big shoot and like everybody in the class is like just vehemently pro-gun. So we get together, everybody's got this, uh, their guns laid out on the table and everything. We had barbecue and all and we brought the cannon. <laughs> so <laughs> the guy had a nice backstop in his yard and he's well outside the city limits and we're just letting this cannon rip out there, just blanks, you know, stuff with insulation, we're making all kinds of ruckus. and cops show up and my my Sunday school teacher he was like rolling the cannon away from the line he was like oh but the the cop didn't even know that like binary was legal you know we were setting off some binary charges and shooting skeet and shooting rifles stuff we brought some suppressed guns I mean we were having a good time he was asking if I had paperwork for the cannon yeah like, what are like, you talking dude, about it's, it's the front stuffer it's black powder you don't need paperwork it's for just it. a big muzzle loader but that's one of the biggest things is yeah. you know misinformation on the cop side of things when they come out you know? There is. There's a lot of misinformation there. And one thing that I'll mention, too, is that every single jurisdiction is different. It, it doesn't is. matter. It can be like a, a, a kind of a citywide rule. It can be a state rule. It can be all different things that come into play. But that all depends on where exactly you live and in terms of what rules you have to follow. I mean, in Georgia, the rules are kind of, I don't want to say super tightly enforced. I would say loosely enforced. They're I loosely mean, enforced. Yeah. You know, the whole 50 yards from a public roadway, I mean, yeah, they don't want you discharging a firearm within 50 yards of public roadway. They want you to be 500 yards or more away from another person's residence. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that can be hard. I mean, you're talking, you got to own a lot of land 
to be more than 500 yards from someone's residence. Uh, where I live is a very rural area. It's out in the middle of nowhere. I've got a 100-yard range in my backyard. I shoot my Barrett into it. I shoot my cannon into it and anything in between and anything under that. And I shoot suppressed. I shoot sometimes all hours of the night. Well, where I live, the noise ordinance is 11, 11 o'clock. So I could literally, according to the noise ordinance, because I'm not in an area where I'm around anybody, I could literally be shooting a Barrett M107 at 10.59 with 30 seconds to spare, and legally, I'm not in trouble. Now, just because I'm legally not accountable for making a bunch of racket with a Barrett, does it still, on that token, mean that I'm not responsible for pissing off my neighbors? Yeah, well, does it make you a good neighbor or does a bad neighbor? doesn't make you a good neighbor. So I, I think the, the answer to that question that we posed earlier would be, Think of the most neighborly thing to do. If my neighbor was elderly and he or she needed help lifting something, do you think that it would be very neighborly for me to go, oh, I don't have time to help you, instead of, well, let me, let me help you with that, because obviously you're not able to do this on your own, helping people out with minor tasks like that, or just being a good neighbor. Uh, hey, I'm out of town. Can you go check on my dogs for me real quick? Or, hey, I'm out of town, and my burglary alarm just went off on my phone. Can you go by and make sure everything in my house is okay? Mm -hmm. That's being a good neighbor. Now, the way that I would approach that, if somebody were calling the cops on me for making a bunch of racket, like your case was, the person that submitted this gun gripe, if, if that person was calling the cops on you all the time, what I would do is I'd try to get to the bottom of it. I'd go talk to them mm -hmm. and just be like, hey, what, what's the problem? Is it the noise? Is it the fact that we're pro-gun and you're not? And you're just, from a political standpoint, you're just calling the cops for no other reason because you hate guns? I mean, find the, the, case, find the, the course of action and try to find a way to appease them and make them happy and everybody will be okay. I mean, okay, is it a noise issue? Do I need to push up a bigger berm? Do I need to shoot suppressed? Do I need to uh, invite you over? Are you jealous that I didn't invite you over to shoot or whatever? You don't have to invite your neighbor to come over to shoot every time you shoot, but you'll find that when you get to the bottom of it, it might be something dumb as the reason they're calling the cops, but if you just assume that they're an anti-gun prick and you don't know the difference, then you won't ever know if you don't find out. Yeah, I mean, it's best to confront them and just kind of, you know, just be yourself be and, and be nice and be neighborly. Uh, yeah. You know, at, where we shoot all the time at the farm, I mean, we've got neighbors fairly close by, but, you know, where we shoot is legally plenty of distance away from everything and, and whatever around. We've got plenty of good, safe berms. Yeah. But we have had the cops out there on a couple of occasions. One of the most special times, it was pretty funny, it was during the, uh, <clears throat> it was during the, AR magazine torture test, and you were running that little pistol, I mean, just like a scalded ape, and they were calling the cops thinking we had machine guns out there, which, I mean, we have a lot of machine guns out there on, on occasion, but sure. um, cop shows up, he couldn't find the place. Yeah. So, like, he and my father were walking down the hill, and we, you know, just chit-chatted and everything, and the guy was a fan of the channel. And oh, yeah, yeah. Yards. It it big deal. Usually, you nine know? times out of ten, it ends up working out just fine. <clears throat> but, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, here's another good way to look at it okay um how many times have you as a neighbor let's just say that all right you're not shooting that day you're just hanging out and say you got some anti-gun neighbor like the one that we're posing in this for instance uh, type of scenario here say you have an anti-gun neighbor who it's saturday night and he's got 30 people over at his house and he's got you know little wayne blared as loud as it'll possibly go and you can hear it from a mile away, and he's having a big house party. Shaking your windows so and stuff like that. what do you do in that case? What I would do is I would go over and look, like, look, pal, I don't mind that you, that you like Lil Wayne. You want to listen to Lil Wayne. You want to hang out and, and get drunk and, and do whatever you're going to do. 
but all I ask is when I shoot, leave me the heck alone. I'm not going to call the cops. I'm not going to give you a hard time. But when I shoot, leave me alone. And you have a right to make noise. I have a right to make noise. So that way, if it's an issue of it's a noise-making thing, okay, they're calling the police on you because you're making racket and it, and, and it displeases them. That's one little bargaining chip you might have there is, look, you know, you were having a, a dang shindig at your house the other day making all this dang racket, mm -hmm. and what, you're going to call the cops on me for shooting, and you're here blasting out little Wayne at 1 o'clock in the morning? So there's an angle you can look at it. So, I mean, sometimes people are noisy, uh, you know, and that's just part of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Eric was mentioning, like, building bigger berms or shooting suppressed. One of the best things is, you know, if you don't want anybody knowing that you're shooting in your backyard, shoot suppressed for the most yeah. part. I mean, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to. But, I mean, for noise and whatnot, and just keeping the peace with everybody. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, why not? You yeah. know, but that's one option. But what they do, like over in Europe, they have these, um, and they do it here too, but primarily in Europe where they have, like, designated areas for, for shooting. You can't shoot in your backyard. In a lot of places, you have to go to a range. And you have to be a member, and they have these really tall berms back there, and they have like basically like big privacy fences and channels and stuff like that that they shoot into to control the noise pollution. Yeah. And you know, like lines of Leland cypress trees or yeah. big tall privacy fence stuff like that directs that noise more upwards instead of out. You know, and a lot of reflective surfaces and stuff like that. I mean, all that makes noise just travel. Yeah. But I mean, that's one thing. You can build up higher berms and, you know, or shoot like 22s back there. Whatever sure. the case is. But you know, it, it's all like kind of a compromise with your neighbors when it comes to that. Now, kind of when stuff. it comes to compromise, let's say that you do have to shoot loud and people are going to give you a hard time and you want to try to mitigate a bit of that noise, but you don't want to go the suppressed route. Say you need to sight in your loud ass hunting rifle, but you've got to sight in your loud hunting rifle. Well. One thing you can do is you can actually build yourself like a like a stack of baffles of tires, mm -hmm. and you can shoot through tires. Oh yeah. And what you do is you take the tires and you stack them together in like a row of oh, maybe five or six tires, mm -hmm. and you can put like shredded tires down in the bottom there. And what you're effectively doing is you're creating kind of a suppressor in a way. Now it's not gonna it's not gonna silence it like a silencer would do, a suppressor would do. But you'd be surprised that shooting that gun outside of it versus inside that the, the herd sound is going to be definitely reduced by a large margin by allowing those sound uh, signatures to be absorbed and bounced around and it deadens their profile considerably. And a lot of ranges in Europe will have some sort of baffle system that the shooters will shoot through. And other than the supersonic crack, it does a pretty good job of hiding the actual report of the rifle. And that's why in a military standpoint, a military sniper, for instance, might shoot from inside of a house. He's not shooting in a house hanging out the window and being seen. He might have a hole in the wall and he's shooting from two two uh, rooms over where he's made himself a track to shoot through and he's got a lane that he can see through that cutout. And from a military perspective, those rooms absorb the sound of the report of the rifle just as well as any suppressor would oh, yeah. and it's hiding his uh you know sound signature a bit it's hiding the flash of the firearm location just in the general. location of the firearm yeah. and it's making the distance or the direction that that shot was taken from much harder to determine so take that and, and apply it towards your neighbor who's pissed off that you're making racket. So if he comes over and he's mad, then you can say, hey, look what I did to try to keep the peace here. And you show him your, your measures you took to try to keep the peace. So, and, so you know. hey, honey, open that back door. I'm going to shoot from the kitchen table in here and zero my gun outside. What? what? Hey, stranger things have happened. I'm going to try that. Stranger things have happened. You know, there was actually, uh, I'm not going to say who, but uh, let's just say it's a person I know. It's not me, is it? Actually, no, it's not you. Okay, good. But it's a person that I know recently uh, actually shot a deer from his bathroom. 
He was sitting on it, sitting. <laughs> he was on the, the, the porcelain throne. And a big old buck walked by about 30 yards from, the, from his window. And he just crept the, uh, crept the window up, had his 45 on him, pointed out the window, shot a deer right out of his bathroom window. I'm not sure the legalities of that. or I, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know. You know, sometimes you, you just gotta, when you gotta go, you gotta go. But then when you gotta make the shot, you gotta make the shot. He wasn't about to let a 12-pointer walk by. It was a big deer, too. That is the most insane thing I think I've ever heard. It, I can't believe you haven't told me that story. It's true. Every well, word of it. Speaking of stories, I'm trying to think of some other funny instances when we've had the cops called on us. Kind of mix this up a little bit. The shoot-up in ball ground. Uh, well, yeah, the shoot-up in ball ground was one. But one that I remember uh, was the, um, we'll shoot your stuff, killed in action, the Kia. The Kia. Yeah, yeah, the Kia. We were running that M60. Yeah. And those cops came up, and they were, like, <laughs> creeping up and whatnot. And they were like, well, I ain't going up there. And like, they got us outgunned. Yeah, yeah. He came up, and he's like, I wasn't about to walk up this hill with an M60 firing said, off a two-and-a-round belt. I was waiting until y'all had to reload. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there, there's kind of one of those things. Yeah. There, there's the perspective of landowner to landowner, property owner to property owner, and what they deal with. Then there's also the perspective of what law enforcement perceives when it comes to a call. All the law enforcement knows is a call's been made and they have to respond. Mm -hmm. Okay, that could be for noise. It could be for somebody shooting dangerously. You don't know what was reported to that police officer. If your neighbor just wanted to be a dick, okay, and report, oh, well, I've got rounds sailing uh, across my backyard and a round just skipped in front of my dog and almost killed my dog. And my little girl is crying in the closet. And uh, I've got le a leaky roof where these guys shoot guns in the air and they land in my roof. They can say whatever they want. And you don't know what they said to the law enforcement mm -hmm. to try to paint you as being the, the worst person ever before the cops even get there. So the cops are going to have to... to assume that the report that they've been given is true and that all of these things are true until they can determine otherwise. Yep. And how that situation unfolds from there depends completely on, on the way you. you handle it as the person who's having the police called on you. Yeah, now if you show up, if the cops show up and you come out and like, you know, your box of shorts, a wife beater, a beer, a scotch bottle, and you got guns Anti hanging off your hips, cases you know, laying I mean, everywhere. Like, oh my God, whoa! Yeah, that might cause some issues. Yeah, it might. It <laughs> might. How you handle that situation can can really determine how it unfolds. And the mm. thing you have to remember is, law enforcement—they are people just like you. They have a bullcrap meter. They have a meter of bullcrap that they won't deal with in terms of putting up with a person. Mm -hmm. They're no different than you. They just, the difference is they respond to bullcrap. You know, if you see something unfolding that you don't want to be a part of and you're just an average person, what do you do? You separate yourself from that problem. You go, I don't know, honey, no, let's, no I ain't getting near that crap. You see some people arguing or some people causing big ruckus, what do you do? Uh, uh, come on, let's go the other way. We're going to mess with those dummies, right? But police officer, their job is to respond to that stupidity. And they are in the business of responding to stupidity. And as a result, they have to assume that you are going to be the stupidest person they're going to meet that day. And don't be that person. Mm -hmm. Be kind and be be respectful. And be but, professional, basically. But stick to your guns and and make it clear to them that you are not the one that's doing anything wrong. And what these calls to these various residences, and in your case, the guy that submitted the idea for this gun gripe, what I'm telling you, is that the cops have a, a precedence, 
a, a series of events that have been established to them. They know that that neighbor has called the cops, called them out there on numerous occasions, and they know that on those numerous occasions, nothing's wrong. You're completely legal. You're doing everything right. You're completely within your rights. Eventually, the police are going to tell them, you again, screw off. You know? much. Like you were talking about the shoot up in Ball Ground, the, the first, that was the first YouTube shoot that we did. Yeah. Right? Ball ground. Okay, yeah. so we had a shoot location. It was a, like a fan of the channel and whatnot. They had some private property up there. And <laughs> everything was well within the legal boundaries and whatnot. You know, there were just a handful of neighbors around the area, like, you know, right outside that 500-yard line. And the, the city, the police, the fire department, everyone was notified, like, months in advance that that location was going to be causing, like, utter hell as far as noise is concerned. We even had a couple of, uh, I think, firefighter guys just hanging out. They were oh, yeah. eating food and just enjoying themselves. <clears> but we had, uh, we had this one neighbor uh, you know, of the property there just calling relentlessly, calling relentlessly, and, and we were like running out, running errands and stuff like that, and they actually put their lawnmower out front with a sign on it said, Asshole Gun Club. You know, the arrow pointed. Yeah, and they were they were so pissed. You know, I kind of felt bad for him. Was like, look, I mean, you know, he. I'm thinking, okay, the landowner let everybody around here know. Everybody knows each other for the most part. And And then when they called the police, the police, you know, obviously should have rescinded into, well, hey, you know, we knew about this for months. I mean, where were you? You know, so apparently there was some fair or something going on in town, and there was a bunch of the policemen that got pulled away at that particular uh, opportunity yeah. to hang out at the fair. And, of course, if you're a police officer, that's a pretty gravy uh, job to get. Oh, what did you do today? I got to hang out at the fair and just hang out. I mean, that's a, that's an easy, easy task, candy. right? Kind of eat cotton candy, hang out, and, <laughs> and just make sure everything's good. So imagine you get this call and, oh, I got to drive all the way up into uh, the boondocks to go see what this stupid noise complaint's about. So, yeah, the guys showed up, and they, they were a little mad. And one of them was a motorcycle uh, officer, so he got his motorcycle stuck. We had oh, to help God, him get yeah. his dang motorcycle out. It was kind of so soggy down there. I felt bad for the guys, but, you know, we offered them barbecue. We were trying to be cordial and nice mm-hmm. to them. And, and it ended on a very positive note. They, they totally got that we were okay and that, you know, all of the reports that they had gotten were to be expected. And they knew that everything was going on. So let's say that you have these anti-gun neighbors and you know that you're going to have some shindig where you're going to have some buddies over and shoot some guns or something and you know that there's likely going to be some kind of a phone call uh, because of the noise and everything maybe consider just calling them and giving them a warning saying hey uh, we're you know I'm over here at such and such address we shoot all the time yes someone's going to call you because it's what they do but we're doing this expect this if, uh... if you kind of put the cart before the horse, so to speak. And that's exactly what we do on a regular basis. If we're going to be out there, you know, with like a machine gun or something like that from from quiet right firearms or binary, you know, we give them a heads up. It's like, hey, you know, we're going to be shooting the machine gun until it melts. We're going to be running uh, a belt fed or we're yeah. going to be, yeah, you're you know, going to hear a thousand binary. rounds of, of full auto fire for about 30 minutes and then that's going to be it for yeah. the day. So you might get some warn them, then most people generally are going to be pretty understanding of that. You know, as long as you've given them some, some warning. <laughs> we, uh, we gave the city of Lucas Grove warning on our second YouTube shoot, and we had it 
kind of like right outside of our hometown, and they were getting calls, so many calls, they started telling people, oh, there's blasting going on in the area. Don't yeah. don't worry about it. So the government, well, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the officials at Locust Grove kind of told a white lie to keep the peace. They did. And blasting. sometimes that, uh, that happens, okay? Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things. But so I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. So say you've got a neighbor that's like right outside, you know, the boundary or whatever in your local jurisdiction, and you, you shoot during the day, okay? Say you, you get off kind of early, like right after lunchtime, you work an early shift, and you just want to come home, blow off some steam, or you know, go out and target shoot, or whatever the case is, you want to make a lot of racket. Well, your neighbor over there, maybe he works a night shift, and maybe he sleeps during the day, and you're like, you know, disturbing his rest and impacting his his work ability life. to work. Yes, sure. Now that's a different uh, circumstance. I mean, that you know, are you within the law? Yeah, probably. But is it? Is it a nice thing to do? It's like, hey, buddy, well, what days are you off? When are you away from the house? Like, I'll try to, you know, schedule it around there, whatever yeah. the case is. And in that case like that, that would be the ideal thing for, like, suppressed shooting, yep. you know. But it's kind of a fine line. It's like, where do you draw the line between, hey, you know, uh, I'm within my rights and I'm just going to be that guy? Or, you know, kind of, you know, have a happy medium with, with your, with your peace, neighbors, yeah. keep your peace. I there, mean, there is a fine line there. And a lot of it, guys, has to do with where you live, where you're from, the people that are around you, how many neighbors you have, how often you shoot. All of these things, you know, kind of factor in. But in this gripe, that's mainly what we wanted to cover is those instances that we run into in life. I mean, we sometimes are going to be involved in situations as a gun owner where you're around people that don't like guns. Yeah. Let's face it, it happens quite a bit, actually. And when you're confronted by those people, you have to take the upper hand, but you have to do it in a way that uses logic and not emotion. And a lot of anti-gun people tend to be extremely uh, emotional when a little bit of logic comes into play. They'll realize that they're actually just full of crap. All right, so funny story. I've got a friend that told me this, and I, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So literally every time he's moving guns from his car, to his home or from his home to his car to go to the range. He doesn't have a place to shoot. He lives in the city. Mm -hmm. So he goes to a public range to go shooting. So every time he's moving guns and ammo in and out of the house, his nosy neighbor calls the cops. This guy's, he's loading his car up. I think he's going to go go somewhere and do something crazy. I don't know. It's scaring me. I, I don't, really? I mean, they've gotten this call, I, I mean, so many times. It's not even funny. And it's like, what do you do? He's like, I just keep doing what I'm doing. The cops know that I'm just going to the range. You well, know? yeah, I mean, what, what, I mean, it's so random to think about it. So what if I, okay, I'm pro-gun, right? You're pro-gun. What if nah. I were to, nah. what if my neighbor, if I never saw my neighbor with a gun and I called the police and I was like, you know what, uh, I just want to make a report. I'm, I'm very, very concerned for this guy's safety because he does not own a firearm. I've never seen him with a gun. And, I, you know, I... I think that someone could come in his house and kill him at any second, and I'm afraid that I won't be around to help him when that time comes. So, you know, maybe you should go over there and talk to him and tell him to grow up here and get a gun and defend his house because, I don't know, I'm starting to wonder about the guy. I mean, I mean, the thing is, it, you know, I totally respect someone that is not pro-gun's right to not own a gun. Do you don't want to own a gun? Fine. A guy comes in and points a 1911 at you and tries to rob you, you can scream. That's fine. You, you can do that if you want. And that's the true story. But it's not your right to tell me I can't own a gun. 
That, that, is, that, that is not your right because you want to be unarmed doesn't mean that I have to be unarmed. And I'm not going to be unarmed. Yeah. That's just the bottom line. And I'm not going to get into the story right now, but there's a very, very good story mm -hmm. that kind of um, goes around that. And it involves one of our YouTube subscribers who had a family member. I'll tell it real quick. I'll keep it very you simple. You might as well because you've already talked about it. I already it, so. talked about it's it. It's kind so. of out of context, but it's a good story. It, it is a little bit out of context, but we had a, a subscriber who had a family member who was constantly... Uh, getting robbed and everything like that and and one day he just kind of had the final straw because this robber basically and he doesn't know if it's the same guy or not but on one instance this guy kicked in his door literally you know he's pointing a 1911 right at him his wife is sitting right there his kids in the other room and he gets robbed right there in front of his wife no means to defend himself no firearm to defend himself and that's a very crummy situation and anti-gun as and, well and definitely so. of an anti-gun mindset he had the, the idea oh well the cops will be there if i need something yeah. well nobody got hurt luckily they took what they wanted they ransacked his living room in one of the adjacent rooms and they left luckily no one was hurt he was very lucky the next day his brother convinced him to go into town and buy himself a gun he bought a 1911. He bought a, uh, I think he just bought a Taurus 1911, just yep. an entry-level 1911. Loaded the gun, went home, okay? Everything was good. About a week later, he didn't know if it was the same guy, but he got robbed again. There were two guys. That, two, yeah, yeah two, it's a, yeah. a few guys, yeah. They came in the door. He had the 1911 on the couch. He picked it up, pointed at the guy, shot the first one right in the chest, killed him. First round he'd ever fired out of a pistol in his entire life, and he killed a dude. So, but he defended himself. And his family, I mean, and, and he, he, all of a sudden now, he's a gun nut. Well, I mean, think about it. Because he defended himself. I mean, that is the Second Amendment in action right there. I mean, think about it. If these were the same people that perpetrated the first crime, and they're just saying, oh, we're just going to go back there because they're, they're pushovers, they're easy targets. Yeah. And who knows? They, they may have gone even further. I mean, there may have been assault involved or they yep. may have just shot shot everybody and left him for dead i mean yep. there, there's no telling you never know what's going to happen but that also goes down to it, it really does relate to this gun gripe because you might have a neighbor you know is anti-gun because he calls the cops on you every time you shoot and he's trying to make it very adamantly known to you that he doesn't like the fact that you're a gun owner so what happens when you hear the next day that someone broke in his house and stole everything he owned and held his whole family at gunpoint and he could do nothing about it so you as a neighbor are you the person that's going to go, screw that guy, he got what he deserved? No. You're going to be the guy that goes over and goes, look, hey. we got to get you set up with a gun. Or i tell yep. you what, here's one of my guns. Yep. You, you need something to defend yourself. And that will go scores further well, what you than do in that, any type of negative thing you could do in that situation. What you do in that case is, hey, you need to come over to my house, learn how to shoot. Exactly. You know, there and you go. Any, any gun owner, I promise you, when presented with that situation from an anti-gun neighbor, if you're anti-gun and you're watching this video, you should know that the average gun owner, 95% of us, would do anything that we could to help you. And sometimes someone's anti-gun because of ignorance. Yeah. They just don't know any better or they've never been trained or they've never been exposed to it. So as a neighbor, it's, it's your <clears throat> responsibility to try to inform people around you. Uh, if they're maybe just a little bit on the ignorant side or they just don't know or whatever, uh, you know, try to inform them. And I think that most people, when presented with the facts, and with presented with the way that it is, they will generally err the side of pro-gun over anti-gun you know, nine to, times out of ten. To the shooting experience itself, I mean, just the, the idea of self-preservation, self-protection, yeah. I mean, that's what drives a lot of gun owners nowadays. Yeah. I mean, 
a lot of people are getting into it for self-defense. Yeah. Which, invite your friend over. Uh, invite your neighbor over shooting. Who's calling the cops? Over, or take him on a dove hunt, or take him deer hunting, mm-hmm. or let him go kill a turkey, or whatever. Expose him to it, and that. And I think that that will actually help, kind of, smooth things along a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's never that simple. But you know, we can only assume yeah. that. Maybe. I, I will say that you know, early on, like when we were doing YouTube videos and such. I mean, we were shooting on the weekends because we both work you know full time jobs basically. And, uh, you know, we were kind of pissing off a lot of the neighbors and pissing off, like, my family who live at the farm. Yeah. And, um, you know, we got to the point where we, you know, tried to film, like, during regular business hours, if you will, where most of the, you know, populace around the area was out of out of the house, sure. at work, out whatever the case whatever. is. And we try to be done by a certain time so I don't disturb my father, you know, because uh, he gets home, you know, in the middle of the afternoon a lot of times. But, um, you know, we made some compromises to kind of keep the peace with, with everybody and continue what we like to do. Right. So, I mean, that's a perfect example of kind of making compromises. However, you know? however, compromise is a two-way road. It is. And the antis have to compromise, too. And that's something that when it comes to guns, they don't really know what compromise means. You know, in a compromise, I do something for you, you do something for me, and we all kind of come together, and we we, we each sacrifice a little bit, but we in the end, we both win. So, yeah. you know, if, if the antis are going to expect us to shoot suppressed all the time or to not shoot when they're around or whatever, then they need to also understand that, you know, they, they need to just lax up on it and not, not quite, you know, be so hard-headed about it. So it's... It is a fine line there, and that was a very good gun gripe. I appreciate you, um, you know, submitting that to us. We always have a ton of these uh, ideas that come in. We try to get to them uh, as quickly as we can, but hopefully we elaborate on that uh, in the right way. Maybe you guys kind of, you know, have some some thought-provoking stuff to think about here. So, uh, you know, maybe if you're anti-gun, you're watching this, you might go, oh, you know, those guys are right. I I can see where that would be the case. Or maybe you're pro-gun and you're going... Yeah, I can kind of understand maybe a little bit of, of, of the, the, the sissiness that the anti-gun people go through. I mean, and I wouldn't even compare it to a manhood thing as much as I would just, it's just a form of ignorance. It's just being ignorant. Being ignorant or being uninformed, I mean, yeah. it's just typical causes. But, uh, it is. you know, I think that I'd like to hear some of you guys' stories. Yeah, let me know. So, uh, yeah, down in the comment section below, have you ever had the cops called on you? Do you have an anti-gun neighbor? Tell us all your stories, and maybe in a year or so, we'll look back through all of them. We'll pick some of the coolest ones, and we'll elaborate on this video again a year from now. Let's call it that. Thanks for watching. We really appreciate the support. We've gotten a ton of support from you guys in the form of man cans. I mean, you guys know that we sell a product called man cans. It's a very big part of how we uh, maintain in terms of, uh, you know, we make a little bit of money off of them. We're not getting, like, loaded or anything. But the man can is kind of like a monthly subscription box that we sell. Make sure you go over to our website and sign up for our email list so you can make sure you're staying uh, on top of all the announcements that have to do with man cans and also shoots and meet and greets. Yeah, just the channel in general. Yeah, just channel news. So uh, make sure you sign sign up on our email list. Thank you for watching. we got many more on the way. We appreciate it. Take it easy, guys.